Hello and welcome to Don't Tell Me What to Do, the astrology podcast. I'm Lisa Kiss, your host, and I'm also an astrologer, teacher, and conscious business guide. This podcast is named after one of my favorite sayings and expressions to live your life. We're all here to experience life in our own unique ways. So keep listening to explore different views of living life through astrology, business, and personal development as we go through the Zodiac seasons together and with our guests. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. So today is a part two episode that I didn't even really know I was going to ever do, but, and part of me was like, do I listen to, um, the last Pluto episode that I did, or do I just get right into this? I'm just making sure the audio is all good. I think we are all good. So the reason why I did the first episode on Pluto transits is because I was going through a pretty big like once in a lifetime Pluto transit and I had to talk about it uh, because I'm a Gemini but then I was also like this information needs to be out on the internet because if other people are also going through a Pluto transit they're going to need to know this stuff. And yeah, it's my most, I looked at the podcast analytics and it's my most listened to episode. So I'm like, oh, okay, who are all you people going through Pluto transits? But also, um, I wonder, is it just because Pluto is a mysterious planet or like, are we actually going through Pluto transits? So Pluto transits, we'll start off with Pluto just to recap. So like Pluto is this planet of like death, transformation, rebirth, um, rebirth. I said that so weird. Um, it can feel very emotionally heavy and painful. Um, like painful transformation could be a word to describe it, but whenever I talk about anything in astrology, it's never, I've been emphasizing this a lot. It's never, ever, to sound like scary. When I say painful transformation, it does like I don't want that to sound scary. But if you read anything about Pluto, um, if you like Google anything, some of this stuff might feel a little scary. Um, anything that's like eighth house or Scorpio, um, it might feel scary, but don't allow it to feel scary. Look for the empowering tidbits that's that are there when you're researching Pluto transits. Um because transformation, I think transformation is fascinating and interesting. Like, isn't it cool to like look at a photo of yourself from like five years ago and be like, I don't recognize that person. Now, I think it's fascinating and cool because now what I'm about to say is I'm recording this in Scorpio season, um, but I have Jupiter in my eighth house and Pluto opposes my sun and squares my moon. So I have no Scorpio placements whatsoever in my needle chart. But um, I do have Jupiter in the 8th, so I expand through transformation. I love it. And then Pluto is always kind of like nudging at my sun and moon, which are your two kind of main points when you start looking into astrology, your sun and your moon and your rising. So Pluto's communicating daily with my sun and moon, um, my inner and outer world. So yes, aspects are kind of like one of the last things you'll look at when you start studying your chart. It can be a little more intermediate or advanced, but it really can be like the keys that help you go into like deeper understanding yourself and just diving deep on a whole new level of personal development and transformation. So hopefully that answers about Pluto, but when Pluto transits are once in a lifetime transits that will happen to you. Um, because Pluto moves so slow. So um, like painfully slow even, there's that word again. But so Pluto is this cool planet of like, I call it the generational planet, right? But like, it's not just that, like it, it can have a personal meaning to you in your natal chart. But if you were to Google like um, 
Pluto transits like over the last 100, 200 years or to see where Pluto will be. I don't have that in front of me right now, but I know kind of the dates just by doing readings with people aged like in the 60s to like teens. I 2003 has been the youngest I've read a natal chart for now, and it felt so weird. Um, and then oldest has been like in the 1960, I believe. So we have a broad range that I've read for, and each generation is really different. And you can look to the Pluto placement, but then if you Google like um, what are they called? Where is it? Just generations like baby boomers, Generation X, Y millennials and then zed they line up like perfectly with pluto and i don't believe in coincidences i believe we are connecting the dots here with something and um i just find it fascinating but what's really interesting is like right now you may have seen something about the country of the united states of america going through something called their pluto return and it a Pluto return is like over 200 years. It's like 236 or 246 years. It takes for Pluto, like in astronomy, to like go around the sun. And so most people are not going to live to be 236 or 46 years old. Um, maybe we're lucky to live to be like 100, right? So we will never experience a full Pluto cycle around the sun. We're only going to experience Pluto in like maybe five signs, which means it's only going to move through. If we, if you have your natal chart in front of you, Pluto is only going to move through half of your chart. Therefore, it's only going to potentially conjunct depending on which side of your chart it's going to go through. It will only come in contact with certain planets um, but even if it's not directly conjuncting, conjunctions are the most powerful. It could be squaring. It could be opposing. And those are very powerful as well. And those would be the ones that I would look at. You can look at if Pluto is like sextiling or trining uh, for sure, but um, the oppositions and squares and conjunction, you'll 100% like feel them and notice them more. And potentially in that Pluto transit, you'll find something like astrology or something else that's a little spiritual or a different way to like alchemize what you're going through. So I'll start with like, we'll go through the Pluto generation. So like I was born when Pluto was in Sagittarius. Sagittarius. So I'm technically, I'm like part of the weird generation where it's like end of millennials, beginning of generations that I do not resonate with either one. But um, the Pluto and Sagittarius generation, it's like 95 to like 2012. No, 2008. Sorry, 2008. 1995, 2008. So if you were born between 1995 and 2008, you are going to be a more... Um, adventurous information like lover of knowledge information seeking hey did you know this or we should be doing it this way or look at all these other ways of doing something but you can see it a lot like in the generation of Pluto and Sagittarius we grew up with like I got a phone when I was in when I was 13 and like I got an Instagram account when I was like 16 years old maybe and that's like kind of weird to think about but it's happening even younger now but Pluto and Sagittarius they call it like the internet era kids like I don't remember a time I think there was always a computer at my house even if it was like a really old looking like Windows 2000 like there was always an information source like a fast well I don't know how fast it was in 2000 but like a fast information source somewhere like near me, right? Like cell phones were in, you know, having computers and going on the internet was a thing. So the Pluto and Sagittarius generation, we have a lot of information. We love to share it, but a lot of people can become dogmatic in their thinking. And that's the shadow aspect of it. Right now we're still in Pluto and Capricorn. That's 2008 to 2023. Um, we're on the cusp of like structures collapsing 
and and whatever then we go backwards so like if you have pluto and scorpio you were born in like the early 90s or in the 80s and you kind of grew up in a little bit of that grunge phase like you think of the early 90s it's very or the 90s in general i mean very like even with like you can see it with like music and fashion kind of like dark emo grungy as i describe it but it's almost like with uh scorpio energy Pluto and Scorpio in its home place, it's like dive deep into this, study yourself. I have emotions. There's a dark side to me and that comes through there. And you might feel that if you were born in the early 90s. I feel like it's like 85 to like 94. Um, and then these are the generation I saw someone talk about this where like um, there it's the millennials, right? Is it 80? It's somewhere in the, yeah, like 85. Um, millennials and mothering and parenting, like you will see, oh, there's a whole new generation of moms right now who are, who will admit that they are not okay. They admit that they need help. I can't do it alone. I'm struggling. Um, that was never seen as a thing before, but it's like that Pluto and Scorpio generation. That's like, Hey, like I'm, these kids are driving me crazy. I need help. I'm gonna like, there's a more like I'm in depth, I'm in tune with the depths of my emotions and I'm going to vocalize this and share this because it can't be hidden anymore. So there's there's that as well if you're a, um, if you're the age range. I feel like it's the most common age range who listens to this podcast. But if you have a child and you have Pluto and Scorpio, you most likely um, will be more open to like seeking help or going to therapy to discuss what's going on or wanting to really dive into the emotions and the transformation that you're going to go through as a mom. Um, and then we jump even further back. Pluto and Libra generation is like the late 70s, early 80s. I don't know if that's like X or Y. I don't know. But Pluto and Libra people come to me a lot. I don't know why. The first needle chart reading I did was 1980, second one 1982, third one 1982. I always remember that. And Pluto and Libra generation are really focused on like people relating to people, relationships, um, connecting with the other and transforming through that. Then we go further back and this is where my mom's generation hits in, I think. Yeah. I think we're going now to like the 60s. Pluto and Virgo is very um, like alchemizing through healing, right? So alchemizing being Pluto, Virgo being healing. Um, a lot of people in the Pluto and Virgo generation, which I feel like is the baby boomer and then into the next one kind of, is um, struggling with everything, looking like the, the perfect, the perfectionism stuff can come through a lot. And yeah, so if we think about, I just know my mom's Pluto's in Virgo and she's born in the 60s. I shouldn't say that on here, but she has gone through, let's say, Pluto and Virgo, then Pluto and Libra, then Pluto and Scorpio, then Sag and Alex and Capricorn, right? And my, I shouldn't say it's whatever. My mom is 60 years old. And so she's gone through Five, and she's about to go through a sixth energy because Pluto is going to enter Aquarius next year, right? And so she's experienced it. I can picture her chart of where it kind of um, it's running through. Virgo would have been her twelfth house. So, and then, and now, when it comes, to you you can't predict how long someone's going to live for, but. Um, Pluto is in Aquarius for like 20 years, so there's a chance she could see Pluto in Pisces, but there's a chance like not, right? So um, in a lifetime, you could experience six or seven Pluto signs. So if we look at, because um, see, for me being the age I am, I've experienced Pluto in Sagittarius, so that's what I was born into, and I'm now experiencing Pluto in Capricorn. I've only done two, right? There's lots more to go through. But I'm trying to just now think of my mom's actually her chart I can see charts in my head because I'm that like um so yeah Pluto would have been in her 12th house 
I'm just going to confirm that. But then Pluto and Libra, she's a Libra rising. So Pluto would have hit her ascendant and she would have gone through a big transformation when it comes to like either uh, herself, her physical appearance, who she is, her identity, and then potentially relationships and who she was going to, who she feels like she wants to surround herself with. That would have happened when she was like a teenager. Okay, I have her chart up. Then she would have had Pluto conjunct her her moon in Scorpio, which would have been very intense. That would have been before she had her children, me and my brother. And then I never know where these episodes are going to go. And then Pluto in Sagittarius. She has four plants in Sagittarius. And me and my brother were born in that Pluto and Sagittarius thing. So all her her Venus, her Mercury, her Sun, and her Mars all got hit by Pluto from 1995 to 2008. And then, yeah, okay, this is so interesting. This is so interesting. So this is someone who's experienced – you guys don't know my mom, but, like, <laughs> this is someone who's experienced um, one, two – her Sun, Moon, and Rising have all been hit with Pluto in her life. And she's had like Neptune, Venus, Mercury, and Mars all hit with Pluto as well, like conjunctions, which are like the most powerful. And um, Pluto right now is directly on her Saturn. That's so interesting. And then Pluto will hit her Jupiter. Wow. And then, okay, this is so interesting. This is like the deeper you go into astrology, it's just so you guys can't see this because it's a podcast, but imagine a natal chart where there's only the planets. The, I call them the little dudes, the little icons, right? Some people say glyphics. They're all on one side of the chart. So imagine 12, house 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 have basically all the planets, and then the other half of the chart are empty houses. So they're empty pizza slices, empty triangles, right? Just like nothing's there. So Pluto for her started in house 12 and has now worked its way to house four. It's going to enter house five, and that's where all of the planets are. Like if I count them, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, all ten planets. So all ten planets will actually know. There's only one planet that's not hit by Pluto because it comes right before Pluto. So the transits, that means eight planets, all eight planets were just, they're going to get hit by Pluto in her life. That is wild, this discovery I've made. Now, see, this would be cool to to interview her on Pluto transits. Oh, my goodness. So, see, this is an example. Looking at your chart, find your Pluto in your chart and then think and then count. Okay, here's Pluto. Count, like, five-ish houses from it, like one, two, three, four, five. Pluto is going to cover that, like, little... Um, we can say smiley face or a sad face, depending on which way, which houses they are, or like that. It's like a, I want to say semicolon right now, but like semicircle, like half of your chart basically will get hit by Pluto. So this is very fascinating. I thought I was going to come on here and talk about Pluto transiting um, where it is happening in my chart, but this is such an interesting discovery. You wouldn't believe the questions right now that I have for my mom, because that's, that would be an intense, um, like to have like every, every, basically every 10 years you go through a big Pluto transit. That's kind of like, that's intense. That's another word you, we can use for Pluto transits. Oh my goodness. So yeah, so count, find Pluto. It's a little P, um, find where Pluto is in your chart and then count the houses. So personally for me, it started in my sixth house. So I'd go six, and then seven, eight, nine, ten. So Pluto will run through six through ten in my natal chart. I don't think it'll, I'll live past that. Um, you can even Google the dates to see where Pluto is going next. So um, yeah, for me, it's six through ten, and that's, that's Sag to Aries. So for me, Right now, Pluto is directly opposing my ascendant. That's what I was going to talk about in this episode. But you can, like, forecast. And this is the thing. Like, 
We're not predicting things here. This isn't scary information. I just think it's fascinating. But to understand that like your soul came in with this blueprint to experience transformation. Like if you can foresee in your natal chart a lot of um, Pluto transits, it means your soul was like, I want to experience alchemy and transformation. And like I almost describe it as like I've gone through moments where I'm like, oh, that version of me has died. She doesn't exist anymore. She's dead. That's how it, like it gets kind of dark, but like whatever. That's how I always explain it. Like the the version of me, let's say even like the version of me that started my business in 2018. Yes, she's dead. She doesn't exist anymore. I don't know who that person is, right? That's the energy that you're going to experience with a Pluto transit. Something needs to die, but in order for something else to be completely reborn. Recording this in Scorpio season is fascinating because it's just taking these turns. And I feel like it's not weird to say like death, but death can be a very, very uncomfortable um, topic. I'm just going to say that to experience. Um, Like death is a complete mystery. I would love to know where, um, where you go after. And I've experienced my grandparents who, um, have passed away. They appear in my dreams and I never know what that means. But then I always think that they're like, they're there. They somehow know what's going on. They're just not like physically here. Right. So yeah, we're just going to take a moment to, if I should put like a trigger warning at the front of this episode, but if you have ever met a Scorpio, like nothing is off limits to talk about. And a really unevolved Scorpio would get almost like pleasure in making you uncomfortable. <laughs> um, but I would suggest don't listen to this if it's making you uncomfortable. So for me, Pluto right now is opposing my ascendant directly at 26 degrees. So Pluto right now, as I'm recording this, is at 26 degrees Capricorn. I'm a 26 degree Cancer. It is just, it's hit me directly. And it's done this like two or three times because Pluto moves so slow. Um, so when you have an outer planet transit in your chart like Pluto, you're going to get hit a few times. It's almost like on purpose so that you actually formulate the change. The first time you're like, yeah, I should change that. Second time's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, change needs to happen. Boom, change something. And then it comes around the third time and you're like, wow, I'm so different. But I need to like remove and strip off another layer and we need to go deeper, right? So it's just, but it can feel really frustrating. Like the first few times I had the Pluto posing at 26 degrees, it was extremely painful. And I think I talked, I may have talked about this in the last one. I don't think I've ever cried as much as I had in my life. And there was a particular person who was uh, triggering me extremely deeply, who they would have had Pluto squaring their Mercury. Like mentally, they probably weren't okay, or they felt like they're mentally going through a transformation. And I think they would still be doing that because they're like a 28 degree Mercury. I can't remove people's charts from my head. Um but this this person I'm speaking of no longer involved in my life. Thank thank God. Um, extremely better. But I still am. I'm. There's deeper transformations. So the biggest thing I did was I changed my hair. I had to. I said my hair. I've been blonde like my whole life. I was a blonde kid, and I and I love my blonde hair. But I was just staring at myself in the mirror, and I was like, I don't know who I am. <laughs> like that was the way I was describing it. I was like, I don't know who I am. I'm like, I'm so sick of this blonde hair. I'm over it. I'm done. Like, and I'm a Gemini. So, you know, but I I had, I don't think I had gotten like low lights since 2018 because I had someone had to fix my hair because someone messed it up. That's fun. But I didn't know I didn't know like what else to do except dye my hair dark. And so I went and I got my hair appointment on September 7th this year and um, I have dark hair. And I was like, holy shit at first. I was like, she, listen, she, like, it's dark. And I was like, oh my gosh. And like, I had a moment and I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And I honestly like love it. I'm really happy with my hair. Um, It's been almost, I'm recording this on November 1st. Like it's been almost two months of dark hair. And like, for example, 
my chiropractor, he's a Scorpio moon. I thought he was a Scorpio, but he's a Scorpio moon. He's like, oh my gosh, you have dark hair. And I'm like, I know. I said, it's step one in my transformation. And he started laughing because, you know, I'm a tad dramatic there. But it's true. It's step one in the transformation. And here's the thing. Step two in my transformation, I changed my job. And I was like, okay, okay. We're, we're you know, I, I changed my the day job that I have in marketing. And I said, I can't, I can't, right? Step three, that comes with the hair change, the work change. There's step three and four. Three is now I'm stepping more fully into my astrology business. I'm putting myself out there more. And this is going to sound weird and I may sound like a little woo for saying this, but I feel like people are nicer to me now that I have dark hair and not blonde hair. Now, I don't know if this may just be weird. I only told this to my mom. I was like, yeah, I'm like, people are just like friendlier. Like they'll smile. Like they're, I don't know. People are just, they they show more welcoming facial expressions to me with the dark hair. Now, see, I look in the mirror sometimes and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have dark hair because for the last four years I was strictly highlights, no lowlights. And I've had moments where I've gone dark before with my hair, 2018 and then 20, and end of 2014, 2015, I went dark, like a little bit in high school, because I probably was bored. But those didn't last long. I like immediately went blonde right after. And I have a feeling that I'm going to stay dark for just a little bit right now. Um, but what's really like, I, I literally my hair, I can even see like the roots coming in now, which my natural hair color is a little cooler toned, I think, I don't know. It's like, it goes really blonde when you put like a highlight on it. Like my hair just, and it doesn't go, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like brassy. It goes like almost white blonde. It's kind of scary. And cause I don't want to have white hair, but, um, my hair pulls, I think more cool. And what I notice if I like tip my head in the sunlight in like my bathroom, I can see the top part. It, there's not really like a, a, there's like a shine, but it's like, a cool tone and then the, if I tilt my head back the other way like the the rest of the hair has the the dye on it or whatever and it, it shows it shines more warm so I'm like oh, okay but I'm like what do I do to my hair like for my next appointment I'm like I have no idea do I um fill the top and like you know you put the dark color back on it or do I put like little highlights in there or do I just let it grow out completely I have no idea but part of me is like no don't put the highlights back in it and I'm like who am I what is going on and yeah it's the hair hair was the the first step but I'm gonna be back to this I, I had this plan back in and this way you can bring eclipses in because right now the eclipses are in uh towards Scorpio right so a little bit of Pluto ruled there with our the Scorpio eclipses, but back in the spring, I connected with this lady who does markets and um, I just did my first market. And I definitely don't think I would have been able to do it in the spring, but it's like I was able to do the market with the dark hair. And I don't know. The dark hair for me is very symbolic. And I feel like though as women, our, um, our hair can mean so much. It is a really big identity thing. Um, but yeah, I'm the hair was step one. And I'm like, step one in my transformation. And then we go back to my chiropractor. I was, he's like, what's what's the next step? And I'm like, I'm getting a new job. And then I see him, it's I see him every three weeks because I have a back thing. And um, and he's just like, any job updates? I'm like, yep, getting a new job. He's like, wow. Because when you are determined with to do something and you also have an inner, you can describe the Pluto transit as this inner push to like, to do it, like a whisper in your ear, like do it, change, transform. It feels scary, but fucking do it, right? Um, and then you also have that drive because you're sick of some other stuff. You move fast in life. I don't know. I find I move really fast. If I want something, I like attack it and then like <laughs> – um, yeah, it's yeah. So we have hair, new job, and then we have um, stepping into different things for my business that actually are like me putting myself 
out there more. Um, I love my digital business and running things from my computer, but like I really do think I need to localize it a little bit more, my north nodes in the third house. And then the last step is um, always like physical transformation. So I, I've just started a new like workout program. I did six weeks of realignment. And now I'm doing like eight weeks of strength. And I just feel like if you're constantly moving your body, because that's just good for you, you will look different, right? So so what I find is when you are going through either a mental, emotional, or spiritual transformation, you will most likely want your physical body to reflect that. Um, It happened to me with a Saturn transit during my yoga teacher training back in 2019, I felt like I was a completely different person. I looked in the mirror and I said, I'm holding energy on me. That's, that's what I refer to. If you're just, if you you feel like heavier physically, it could be because you're literally holding emotions in your body. And like from May of 2019 to May of 2020, I lost 40 pounds, not in a great sustainable way. And I do think it was a little too much in it. But once I hit a certain point and just the weight just kept coming off, it was a little bit uh, scary to a point. But um, I'm now I've gone through a lot. That's a whole other story. I mean, that could be the Pluto opposing because it's I used to think because Pluto is opposing my ascendant, but it's conjuncting my descendants. I used to be like, oh, my God, my relationships, like friendships, all this stuff are, are changing. Like I had four friends. Okay. At the like, I don't call everyone my friend. Okay, I'm just going to say that. I have a very small group of friends, small pe- because I just don't believe you can be friends with anyone, okay? I'm not one of those people that's like, everybody is my friend. Like, no, no, no. So I had like four people that I like genuinely loved and care about and called my friends at the beginning. I'll say of COVID, right? At the beginning of COVID. Okay, four. <laughs> one I like, d- I dated. I would not recommend ever dating your friends. Don't do that unless you truly know the consequences if it ends. Um, so I'm no longer obviously talking to that person. My best friend since I was like a little kid, there's just, I don't really know how there's a connection with us anymore because we're adults and I just don't see it. And then someone else who's a newer friend, um, I don't know, I feel like we were in each other's lives for like kind of a season of a few years and that was that. And she was a great friend, but I just didn't see like, I didn't see it like a future alignment of goals and values and things like that, right? Shout out to Sharon, my bestie. She's on the, she's been on the podcast. Um, I don't know. Sharon and I have been through like, I don't know. Sharon's just always there. Sharon, I don't know. I could go on about my uh, friendship with Sharon. We just like, we understand those moments where like, you're my best friend. You're not like my partner who may be doing life with. Like she lives with her partner. They own a home together. Like I'm not in that stress part of the you know the relationship where like it's friends and like I don't know she moved away that was kind of like a hard thing I guess the Pluto conjunct ascendant but I don't talk to my best friend all the time but I still know she's my best friend but she has a life this whole life that does not revolve around me in the slightest bit and that's okay and I feel like you're going to come across friends who want to be involved in everything that you do and I kind of find that overwhelming Um, the only person I will bug about literally every single thing I do, just because I like to inform and, you know, tell stories. I mean, I'm a Gemini and I have this freaking podcast is, um, is my boyfriend. I'll send him voice notes of things that I've done that are so random and whatever, but I would never do that to my best friend unless there was like an agreed upon thing or something funny happens. I don't know. I'm just a big believer with like boundaries um, with friendship because they're your friend. They're not, you know, your therapist. I had someone be, say to me, oh, I like talking to you. It feels like I'm talking to my therapist. That was like, whoop, don't want to be friends with you anymore. That is a very like line crossing statement. Like, no, no, no. It should feel like you're talking to someone, you're catching up, maybe venting a little bit. But if, if relationships feel one-sided, if, if you can bring it up to them and try to figure out how to not make it feel one-sided, do that to kind of salvage the relationship. But like, 
if it doesn't change, you got to let it go because you're just going to like drain, drain, drain burnout from being in one-sided friendship. So I, yeah, anyway, so that's what I originally thought with like Pluto conjunct my descendant. I was like, oh my God, changes are happening to my relationships. Like what is going on? I'm like, you know, ending, you know, certain relationships I have with people. It was so weird. I started studying it more and I read about it's opposing your ascendant and I was like okay it is yes I was so focused on the conjunction to the descendant which is the DC on your chart it's like directly opposite your AC is like a darker line through your chart but I was possessed with it being conjunct to the DC I wasn't like oh yeah it's opposing it's also squaring if you look at like um other points as well but I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, it's opposing my ascendant. And then I flipped it and rewrote, reframed, if you will, what was happening. I said, you are changing as a person. You are changing your values, beliefs, and goals, and ambitions. And as you change, not everyone can come with you. And that's where that um, I was so focused on like, oh my God, people are just like leaving my life or I'm just like, what's going on? And I'm like, no, you're actually the one changing and you're changing your energy and vibration. Therefore, not everyone's going to stay in your life, right? So yeah, that's what I really think was happening because it's not like I was just like sitting on my couch at home doing absolutely nothing and people were just like, bye, bye, bye. It was like, nope, you were up and about and doing things and making changes like um I moved out got a full-time job my was in the midst of my astrology business like change from social media and I don't know just when you make a big change like that other things will change as well and something one of the people who I don't talk to anymore it's something that they always said they said that I was like oh that's interesting loved reading so they had all these weird sayings they were like uh when something enters your life something leaves your life or something like something to that like that quote and that always stuck with me I was like interesting so I use that though now whenever I make big changes right so like when I moved my one friend like I just didn't I don't know I moved and then like you know what I mean it was it was very interesting um it's like new apartment, but you lose a friend. It's like, okay, that's interesting. Um, uh, and then I've also discovered that certain people, and this is certain people cannot be in your life at the exact same time, which is a very weird concept. But I've also learned this from the Pluto transit. Like just certain energies can exist in your life at the same time. And I even mean like, just in any form, like either being friends with them on Facebook or like just texting them every once in a while. Like, nope. To have a certain person in your life, you have to, like, it's almost like certain people. It's, I don't know. It's very, very strange what I've witnessed. I'm not going to go too deep into it on here, but I just witnessed it was like person enters and the other person exits. And then like it happened a few times and it was extremely weird. And I was like, what the heck is going on? But what for me the Pluto being on the AC and DC line it's all about it's the me versus we access that I'm experiencing so it's a lot about like others and myself so that's how I'm explaining the transit but it's like when you are with a person like a friend a partner even like a coworker, you're gonna pick up their energy And it's like that saying, you are who you spend time with. Like the five people you spend time with the most, you're going to start acting like them. So make sure they're good people. That quote. So when you are with a person, you're going to vibrate at a different level with each person you have a one-to-one interaction with, right? So by having a different vibration with one person compared to somebody else, it might not match and one is going to be stronger than the other and the other might just fall. Hopefully this is making sense. Hopefully I'm not talking in like weird code with energy and vibrations. But there is a certain person in my life who I am no longer speaking to for a very long time now. And I could never, like when they weren't in my life at one point, I changed into my astrology business. 
and I did my first natal chart reading and all of this. Then they entered back into my life. And then I felt weird and confused about what I should be doing. But I wasn't confused about it before. But then I got like really confused about it. Then that person left my life again for the final the final time. Like they're not re-entering. And I don't know, more opportunities came up with the astrology and I felt more clear about what it is that I'm supposed to be doing. And I realized that if like – even if someone doesn't straight out say to you, I judge you for doing this, energy speaks louder than words. And you will feel that vibration come off and you either won't talk about it in front of them or if their energy lingers around you after you've spent time with them, there's almost like this shame or guilt of doing what you really want to do and that fear of being judged by like the people closest to you. And then it prevents you from doing what you actually want to do. So what I've realized is like when this person isn't in my life, there's like, I don't say massive success, but it feels like massive success energetically. Which I think I said to the person like, yeah, we can't be friends anymore. It's done. I booked three natal chart readings in 24 hours. I was like, what the F is going on here? But when you remove something from your life, something else will enter it. It's it's crazy. Now, the more negative spin is if something enters your life, something will leave, but it doesn't necessarily, that doesn't have to be bad, right? Um, so basically what I'm saying this whole thing is I, I'm i now dating someone who I can actually talk to about business and money. I can say numbers to this person and it's not weird and there's no like underlying resentment or jealousy because I'm doing something that I like and I'm earning money for it. If people do cannot appreciate your success or be like, oh my God, wow, they're doing so well and just feel nice towards you, um, if they feel negative, I mean, it's, it's it, I always find it interesting people who feel the like jealousy for someone else being successful when maybe they don't even want to do the same thing, if that makes sense. So like, the situation I'm referring to is let's say success with like astrology or even just like talking like workshops with astrology, teaching astrology, um, doing readings, right? Like for me, booking those things, it feels successful for me because I get to talk about astrology. I love this shit, right? I'm, I do it right now for free on the podcast. I just love talking about it, right? But if someone who doesn't really give a shit about astrology is jealous that you're doing well with astrology. It's like, what? But you don't even like astrology. I'm just going to say football. You like football. So like, what's going on here? Like, this doesn't make any sense, right? So it's like, yeah, it's like when you get a, if you get a promote, like, okay, my best friend, we mentioned Sharon on here. Sharon is awesome. Sharon is a Leo. We hype Sharon up. Sharon got a raise at her job. And I was like, this is amazing. My best friend got a raise. This is awesome. Like she owns, she has a, she owns a house. Like she needs a raise. Right. And I was like, you know what? I'm like, how did she ask for a raise? I want to ask for a raise too. And the energy came from like, she is in her Leo power. She's stepped into her confidence and that, that fire. She asked for a raise, demanded it because her value that she brings. Right. And I'm like, I need to do that same thing. You should let what the people in your life are doing, if they tell you good news, let it if like let it fucking inspire you to do something similar. Never be jealous of it. Like, oh my God. It's just, yeah. So I don't know how long after I think I started my I want to raise process. <laughs> I got a new job instead. That's okay. But but still, like going somewhere that appreciates the value you bring to the table anyway. But that's just one example I can always think of. Like even my brother, my brother's younger than me. He's a Virgo. He's very like work focused and very just, yeah, numbers, numbers focused. He gets – the way his job is because it's an accounting, there's – he gets slight increment raises like all the time if he does more work or bonuses – tells me all the time. And I'm like, this is amazing, right? He's younger than me. And I'm like, this is fantastic, right? It does though do something to me being my, he's my sibling there. I'm like, oh man, it lights a fire in you, right? But you should never be jealous. 
I just don't understand the jealousy thing at all. But yeah, when my brother's younger than me and it's like making a similar amount to me, I'm like, ugh. Like, no. And, like, sibling rivalry will kick in. But it's not like you don't – you should never wish someone to not be getting those things. And with this Pluto transit, I've just experienced, like, interesting people (laughs) where I don't know. It's like everyone can be successful. I don't necessarily believe in competition. There's a funny reel I saw where it's like, what competition? Because – Nobody is you, like literally that's like your power is just being yourself. And if you want to start reading astrology charts, like do it, go ahead, pick your niche, stick with it and you'll be fantastic, right? Um, I don't know. I just feel like no one can actually do anything the exact way that you do it and I'm not a big believer in competition. But if you looked at my natal chart and you saw my Saturn Aries, it would say I'm supposed to embrace competition a little bit. The only person I ever feel competitive towards sometimes is just my brother, right? Because it's a sibling thing. But um, other than that, I don't know. There's no competition. It's like live your life, do you, and like you support and we're needed. It's just, yeah. Anyway, we're going to go back to Pluto. So look at Pluto and see – the five places, we're, we're circling way back to this. So, and you're going to count like how many planets it's going to hit. So like, or you can track what it's going to do. So like, okay, I see my P, the P here, Pluto, Sag, four degrees. So like I was born, it was like, it was opposing my uh, sun in Gemini in eight degrees. So I felt that for a while as a kid or like as a baby toddler, I wouldn't really have known it I don't know (laughs) I don't know what's going on at that point in my life so Pluto's moving through Sag at one point it would have now you can look at an ephemeris for this to look at exact dates if you want to look back and like journal on certain things that might come up but whenever you're searching and going back in time for astrology dates prepare to potentially be triggered by something you'll either be like oh my god that totally makes sense or like oh my god I don't even want to like think about that just be prepared for that. So Pluto at one point when it was at 23 degrees Sagittarius, it would have been opposing my Gemini Venus at 23 degrees, right? So I'm not really sure what the hell was happening (laughs) at that point. I'd have to go back and look at the date there. I would have been like 2000, you know, and I can actually think maybe what that would have been. And this is why you like, you know, then it would have entered my, it would enter Capricorn seventh house for me. And then now it's really hitting, like it's hitting my ascendant at 26 degrees. In January or February, it's going to hit my Neptune. And then, and I guess at a certain point in my life when Pluto was at, I guess Pluto right now is also directly squaring um, my Chiron at 26 degrees Libra as well. That's fun. And then um, at one point, I guess in my teens, Pluto would have been squaring my um, Saturn and Aries at uh, 17 degrees. And then at one point it would have squared it like because of the access it's on, it would have scared. Oh my gosh. Would have squared the MCIC line. So what you basically do is like, touch your screen, maybe not almost like don't touch it exactly. Find the, find the P, let it travel and then be like, okay. But you go like, around and you do finger across that's an opposition and then you do like a square like just like a 90 degree line and see like okay okay and then the other direction I wish you guys could see what I'm doing um but when Pluto enters Aquarius at some point in the next 20 years it's gonna conjunct my uh Uranus placement and then a long time after that it's gonna conjunct with Jupiter, but there will be no um, oppositions because I have no Leo energy. And then squares, it'll square my Taurus Mercury. And uh, yeah, just that. So there's that. And then like like 20 years from now, it'll move into um, 
21 years from now, it'll move, Pluto will move into Pisces. So we look into Pisces and we go, okay, what do we have there? So I'll definitely feel Pluto and Pisces, I think, more than Pluto in Aquarius. But then again, then again, look at your chart, know your modalities, right? So if you're, you have a lot of cardinal energy right now, or if you have a lot of cardinal energy in your chart, Pluto and Capricorn has potentially hit you, right? So you've been feeling transformation on a deeper level because it's opposing, squaring, conjuncting all of your, the cardinal energies, right? So if you have a lot of fixed energy in your chart, Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, Aquarius, when Pluto enters Aquarius, you're just going to feel it more because one of those angles will hit you at some point. I say hit you, like it's not actually, it's, <laughs> it just, it, it hits, it makes the line. But if you have a lot of mutable energy, you may have felt the Pluto and Sagittarius more. Um, oh yeah, the like Pluto and Sag would have like squared my Mars, I didn't even look at that, and squared my moon, look like I found more, you see. So when Pluto enters Pisces, it'll conjunct my moon, it'll conjunct my south node, it'll oppose my Mars, it's going to square my sun and my Venus, it's going to, I'm going to be going through a Pluto square. So maybe Google this. I'm definitely not a Pluto expert, but like Google Pluto square. I feel like that is significant when you're going through a Pluto square. It might say something like, I, I found at one point a Chiron return. They call it the midlife crisis transit. And I'm like, oh my. And it's very interesting. It happens when you're like older, like late 40s, early 50s. And, and there's a few people I know that I'm like, oh, that definitely checks out, like family. So um, I just thought that was very interesting. Chiron return, midlife crisis transit. Um, but I wonder Pluto square. I'm just wondering though, I don't think you actually will experience a Pluto opposition now. I don't think so. I'm going to pull up my grandmother's chart because she was born in 1936. She's going through her Uranus return right now. Like she was born with Uranus and Taurus. So you can go through a Uranus return. I don't think, where's her Neptune? Yeah, no, right now she's actually going through a Neptune opposition. That's really cool. So I guess like with transits in astrology, you can live to have a Uranus return, a Neptune opposition. But Pluto, I mean, okay, her Pluto is Cancer at 28. Where's Pluto now? So wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh my gosh, my grandma's gone through seven Pluto things. About to be an eight. Oh no, she's, oh my gosh. Okay, you know what? I'm so glad I pulled up this chart. My grandma's going through Pluto opposition. Oh my gosh. Her Pluto's at 28 degrees. Her Pluto's so close to my Sunday. That's crazy. I love my grandma so much. Um, oh my gosh. My grandma, and this would be my grandpa too, because he was born the same year. Let's take a peek. Oh yeah, my grandpa has gone through his Pluto opposition. That's insane. Has already happened at 25 degrees. Try If you can get your grandparents' information, pull up natal charts for them. Okay, so I guess... Pluto square, Pluto opposition, opposition. they're going to mean different things, but my grandparents are 86 years old. And um, if we look at the Pluto opposition, I mean, that's crazy. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Did I say like five? Now, if you were to look back at all the Pluto dates, there's almost like uh, – like Aquarius is in like Pluto's in Aquarius for 20 years, which normally Pluto is only supposed to be in a, a sign for 12, but for some reason it's 20, which I think like Pluto and Aquarius is gonna change a lot of shit that's happening in the world, right? So I guess I'd have to look back and see how long Pluto was in Cancer, Leo, Virgo, Libra, Scorpio, Sag, because yeah. Each one is different years. I guess maybe some of them are like shorter because that's crazy. She's at the seven Pluto opposition. That's, cr that's craziness. And my grandma is a Scorpio. Love her so much. But she says things like, oh, when is my time to die? Which I don't like that she says that. But it's like, 
she's just she says whatever comes to her mind and it's if it makes you uncomfortable comfortable who cares that's what she wants to say right so that's insane she's going through a pluto opposition that is so interesting okay so you can live to have a pluto opposition it just i guess depends the years pluto's traveling but i don't i do not think i'm gonna live to be pluto in gemini i don't think if i because i think i've looked at the but anyway i don't know if this episode was more like me educating you on how to find them or what they mean but it's just transformation with things and hopefully what i've said is like um makes sense so if you're cancer rising or and whether you're a zero degree to a 29 degree cancer rising since 2008 at some point from 2008 to 2022 you have got hit by pluto and you have either transformed yourself and or the people around you um or like transformed by like the group like the people you hang around with are different and you're just you're in a process of like redefining you and then that changes who you want to be surrounded by right so for me it even came through like I don't want to be around these people for work anymore I was like you guys are not like it's not helping it's not helping me in any way um there's no growth there's no push I feel like I was stuck in a loop and I can't explain I just I looked at those people and I was like, there's obviously nice people I worked with. There's certain people and I was just like, no, you will not help me in my next phase of transformation. I need to leave. So I did. Took me six weeks to get a new job. I like tracking data. Like, so I went from working 100% self-employed freelance from age 20 to 24 and it took me six months, okay, six months to find the job that I, I had for like a year and three months. It took me six months to get it. Like I didn't take the job hunting process. To, like I took it seriously, then I stopped, then I moved, then I took it seriously again. Like, you know, but it was around from the first application I sent to the date I got the offer. I think it was like March of 2021 or end of February 2021, I started applying and I was getting interviews and it was great. And then end of uh, end of August 2021, I got an offer. Six months to get that offer, right? And everything happens for a reason, but six months, man, six months. So I was so scared when I started applying to jobs again. I was like, it better not take me six freaking months. Like this is insane, right? six weeks. I don't know why the six is staying. So, but yeah, it took me six weeks once I was like, I'm done with this BS at this place. This is not helping my growth and transformation. Boom. Like just, yeah. Six weeks from first application to job offer. So that's really exciting. So, um, I must say that if you're going through Pluto transit and you're where you work, isn't helping, your life fully um because i'm really big on astrology and business and astrology and career and astrology and soul purpose because there is a way and i'm going to do a podcast episode about it i just need to live life a little bit more with this new thing that i have going on and i want to show that it is possible to you know have a job where you can pay your bills and i pay extremely crazy inflated stupid rent like oh my goodness for the city I live in, I've lived in the city my whole life and I am shocked at what I pay. Um, it's just, it's too weird, honestly. I think really, is this city the, the really worth that, right? Because I just know the place so much because I've lived here my whole life. I'm like the St. Toronto, okay? You know, anyway, I'm going to rant, rant, rant about that. Um, but I've found something that allows me to pay my bills, afford life, and actually gives me some time to do what I love. And I'm still in the process. I always say like I'm, I live through trial and error experiences and I like to share them. I have like one minute before it's going to cut me off. Last thought. I found a job a while ago in the – like a, I just like always get the alerts and it was like <sighs> – 
what I was making full time for 40 hours, it said for three days a week. And I was like, what is going on? I didn't apply because it did require, it was like far away and it required to go there. And I'm like, I'm not in that city. I'm not going to do that. And so, but I saw that and I said, that's inspiration to me. And I'm at a place now where the part-time hours that I work is like just a few, just a few, like just a little bit shy of what I was making previously for full-time. And I'm like, how am I working less hours and making the same amount of money? And that was like a goal that I had. Yeah. So when you change yourself, your identity, what you value, like things change. So with Pluto, it's like transformation is key in getting the life that you want. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'd love to hear from you on Instagram or by leaving a rating or review. It would also mean the world to me if you subscribe to this podcast, if you enjoyed today's episode. If you'd like to support the podcast and continue to discover the don't tell me what to do vibration, there are three different ways you can keep listening to these podcast episodes that I put out weekly. You can also purchase the subscription version of the podcast, which is new, for exclusive episodes, or you can purchase my book, which has the exact same name as this podcast. So with so much love and gratitude, see you very, very soon in the next episode.